welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Run Saber for the Super Nintendo. Run Saber was developed by Horisoft and published by Atlas in North America in June of 1993, and in Europe sometime also in 1993, and in Japan, never. Oh! Yes, it is a little odd. Uh, now, Horisoft is a game company who I can find very little on. <laughs> yeah, not, not a not a common name. <laughs> no, but Atlas is a much more uh, popular and storied company. Absolutely. Yes, Atlas was founded in 1986 and in 1991 that's when they opened their north american branch okay and that's what really got them going here was that they became known uh for bringing over japanese titles that maybe wouldn't get as wide a release in the united states sure a little more niche Mm -hmm. Uh, eventually though uh atlas was purchased by sega and they've just been part of the company since 2013 okay i did not know that Uh, as for run saber itself it is kind of unknown as to why it did not get a Japanese release. Yeah. Uh, because Horisoft is a Japanese developer. Right. So I don't know <laughs> if it was just, uh, I, I, it really boggles the mind because it does seem like it would be a game that would be popular there as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is strange. So, Nick, what kind of game is Run Saber? It is a side-scrolling action platformer. Uh, yes, it is. And in this game, you can jump. And yeah. what a jump. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, let's just get right away and say that this game is often called uh, a Strider-like or a, you know, homage to Strider. Sure, yeah. And the jump is right there. You have a big swoopy jump, but it kind of goes beyond that. Yeah, you've got several options, uh, some for your attacks, where you have your weird super spin jump you can do if you press up while jumping, the, kind of. it's it's That's a strange Well, And you have to hit the, the B button as well to get that attack jump. Okay. Well, we should note that the B button in here is the jump button by their default controls. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so it's hitting jump twice is how you're doing it. I guess. I mean, because I, I was having trouble with this because I would do it sometimes. I, I was just pressing up and jump to do it. You know what I mean? Or I could jump and press up in the air. Sometimes you would it would happen. I, I don't know. I had some, some weirdness with it, but it, it's a pretty useful attack when it works. <laughs> Much more useful is the downward attack when you're already in the air. That's right. You just press straight down. Uh, you can get a kind of, well, or to the you know, diagonally left or right, you'll get a kind of kick that you can hit foes with, uh, you know, or and kind of bounce off them sometimes. That's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. And it's cool because uh, your foot is like on fire or, you know, energy yeah. enveloped, which, you know, we've done a horrible job so far because we really buried the lead on the fact that you can pick which character you want when you start this game. There are two characters. That's right. You have two different run sabers, uh, Alan and sheena yes are you gonna get into the uh run saber story in the manual section oh sure yeah <laughs> okay 
So, yes, yeah, so you have two different run sabers, uh, male and female. And according to the uh, inst- the instruction manual, they have different elemental powers. Yeah, kind of. I, as far as I know, it only affects your your special attack, which okay. is a, a screen clear that, that you know they both have. Uh, you press a button, and it will either be a thunder dragon or an ice cyclone for Sheena. Yes. And, and those are their special attacks. Normal attacks, you kind of have like a saber of sorts. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty similar. I think I feel like uh, his is more of a uppercutty. I mean, I guess you could say I know hers seems to be wider, like yes. going farther up and down, whereas his is very it's it's closer to what you would think of as the original Strider's cipher slash. Yes. And the nice thing about that attack is that it's pretty quick. It's almost like as quick as you can hit the button. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, uh, and you know, and that attack, much like Strider, starts off at a more limited range. And when you can collect a power up to beef it up, get a little more juice out of there, I mean, of course, more damage, and it increases your attack range as well. Yes. Now we'll talk talk about all those power ups in just a second, but I do want to say there are even more ways that this character can interact with the world, which I thought was pretty amazing. You have a slide. That's right, slide, triggered by the L or R buttons. And it's like a slide kick. It does hurt enemies. Yeah, yeah. And you can also do it by crouching and pressing B. Probably. Well, I just use the shoulder buttons always. The, the jump. Same here. I. Hmm. And then uh, you can also hold on to ceilings, walls, anything you want. Absolutely. So you have like really the ultimate of movements. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's talk about those uh, power-ups you can find around and about. All right. There's a few of them. Uh, of There are two different colored medical boxes. There's a white box that increases your hp by one and the blue one which increases it by two and we should mention you do have a life meter yeah the meter has a maximum amount of uh eight yes little bubbles yeah but you only start out with i think three yeah so if you're not getting hit you can stock up on life if you are good Mm -hmm. you also start with uh two extra lives so three total Mm -hmm. and three magic uses is it i thought it was two maybe it is two Hold on. It was a major part of my strategy later in the game. It is too. I'm sorry. But yeah, as you mentioned, you get three lives. And of course, you can get extra lives in this game. Uh, Depending on which player you are, you get a little portrait or as the manual says, faces. Faces. I like that. (laughs) Uh, Then when you find the red ball that increases your special attack number Uh, up to three, you know, like everyone wants. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it looks just like the icon of it on your top bar sure yeah but the most important power up of all i think is the flame yeah it looks like a little energy sword and you pick it up and it powers up your run saber it allows you to attack stronger and farther than before it's pretty awesome but it will you know if you die you lose it and you have to start back over kind of uh you know you know like strider or even castlevania in a way and how many times does that stack I don't know. I assumed it was just the two levels. I don't think I ever yeah. was able to get it further up. If, if that's true, I feel like a fool. <laughs> and we should mention, too, that one, one little feature that I like about this game is that you have what the manual calls the progress display up at the top in the center of your kind of heads-up display. You have, it's basically a little arrow, um, kind of similar to what we saw in the versus mode in metal warriors, it gives mm-hmm. you a little arrow pointing what direction you need to go. So sometimes, yeah. you know, it's like down or back to the left or, you know, it, it's pretty nice. It will also alert you when like uh, you're in mini boss mode or boss mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but you really this this feature is one that so many airplane hangar super nintendo games could have used oh yeah there were some i never really felt lost in this game you know there'd be a few no. times but it's not really you're not really exploring much so it's uh it's nice but not as necessary as it would be in some other <laughs> games we've played in the past. And now this game is also two players. You can have a second player join. That's right. Fr- from the start or whenever you want, but it does uh, decrease the number of continues you get. Yeah, I saw where if they join in, it counts as a continue, but you can't start in two players. So does that mean you get just a, one less continue? Hmm. I would imagine so, but you know, I guess there's only one way to find out. Yeah, let us know, folks. Yeah, sorry, we 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 were unable to play this game two player, which I'm pretty curious about. You know. Yeah, and then apparently you can also change the color of your character. Yeah, if you hit select while while the game is paused, you can cycle through eight different palettes for each player. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Nick, this is a game from a smaller company, Atlas, and I, I don't know if I can remember any of their manuals so far. So how does this one stack up to, you know, the standard Super Nintendo manual? <laughs> well, it's all right. It's 19 pages. It's in full color. Uh, you do have quite a few screenshots and some character and enemy art, not a ton. And it's a really interesting art, isn't it? Well, yeah, they're they're pretty. It's very minimalist we might say you know where it's just usually either demonstrating your moves or they drew the power-up boxes i kind of like how bizarrely stark it is yeah it's it's kind of outlines with very few details and you do get there's a level preview section for the five different levels and it features two or three enemies in each you know from each of the levels so that's kind of nice Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I mean, really, it's just it runs through the controls you can use, which we should mention, there is an option menu to let you change your control layout, which is very nice. It is very nice. But I think most importantly, it sets the tone for the game and gives you a little backstory. That's right. It's uh, a dystopian future in the year 2998, when the mm-hmm. Earth's atmosphere is so contaminated with toxic pollution is on the verge of a complete ecological breakdown. So... <laughs> How are they going to solve this problem? Well, okay. Now, here's an interesting distinction, too, because the manual states that uh, the last resort was a technology developed by Dr. Gordon Buford. Mm-hmm. However, that's the only time he's called Buford. There's other points in the manual and the game where he's known as Dr. Bruford. I like Buford better. It sounds funnier. I mean, I like big Bufords, but I've never heard of a Bruford. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so... He, he figures out that to save the Earth, we're going to use fusion, and he goes crazy and decides he's going to take over the world once this stuff starts, uh, you know, and subjects himself to massive amounts of radiation. He gets mutated. Maybe Dr. Bruford is the evil version of Dr. Buford. I don't know. Either, yeah, I think so. <laughs> either way, he uh, uh, uses a clone army to take over, and it's... A mutant clone army. The worst kind of clones. More yeah. mutants, you know, but... Luckily, there was Project Run Saber, which was commenced to create cyborg warriors to fight him and take back the Earth. And that went just perfect, right? As usual, yes. No, uh, there were three (laughs) prototypes, and unfortunately, one of them had a defective parasite defense apparatus when it was captured by Bruford to use against the rest. So there's Alan, who is the Thunder Saber, Sheena, the Ice Saber, and... 
the evil one is Kurtz, the flare saber. Ah, uh, yes. Kurtz. <laughs> Colonel Kurtz. Isn't that what the a guy? Fa- <laughs> yep, that's where it comes from. That's a fascinating story indeed, though. It is. There's yeah. There's there's stuff going on. So you know that's the the sordid tale of Run Saber and pretty solid manual. It, it does what you really want, which is to give you all your inputs and such. And you know this game's got a decent selection. So of that and you know pretty basic, but didn't need to be anything else. I I would say. Agreed. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Run Saber? I never played this game before. Uh, I do. I had never heard of it. I remember it coming out. I don't know if I saw it in a, a later Nintendo Power or maybe just seeing the box at a blockbuster mm-hmm. or something. But I had I had never rented it, and over the years, it would occasionally pop up as you know people would say it's like Strider for Super Nintendo. So just thought it would be fun to check out. Then what was your more recent experience with this game? Uh, I beat this game in i guess two sittings uh the first i I had a a cursory sitting where i kind of went through without Mm -hmm. cheating yet and did all right got about halfway through the game and then the next time i used a there's a a secret cheat you can use that opens up a menu secret menus you say that's right i cheated the old-fashioned way with my rewind button (laughs) well i (laughs) I actually beat it twice i played through it just straight through twice and had a real you know you know and had a uh, easy time because it's not like you have to rewind a ton there's only like certain gotcha moments and things that really get you yeah agreed um yeah if you hold at the beginning of the game at uh, well, the atlas screen you can hold b y right and select and then when you let off the little you'll get a little message that says secret menu activated or something so then below the options menu where you can change your controls which i also meant to mention that in that option menu you can increase your lives from three to five hmm Nice. But if you use this, you'll now be able to increase it up to nine. Okay. And then it also has a level select. So I mm. played through the most of the game with, you know, I went through about three levels with uh, Alan, the Thunder Saber. Then when I came back, I tried out Sheena. And then when I eventually died about, again, level three or four, switched back over because I didn't care for her that much. Really? Yeah, you I, I just what? couldn't get let's, it used Let's to get it. into it in our next segment. Ooh. All right, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I'd like to say that these people took all of the right notes from the Strider playbook. Yeah. I mean, I think they they really took what they needed to to make a unique game of their own. But also, you know, what are the things that made Strider good and fun? I see. See, I'm going to preface my comment by saying there may be some controller issues on my end that influence and I this. And I went back today because you said that. And I think it. I think there are some controller issues for you. I, I mean, there very well could be, but I because found... I played it in two different ways. Yeah, and I found no kind of jump weirdness or delay. I, I, for me, it was more that I'm constantly grabbing onto things I didn't want to. I, I found the jump was larger than I needed. I was constantly trying to do little taps to not jump because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, it just felt slower and more muddled than than what I was expecting from Strider. You know. 
I can see that. It's not maybe as blazingly fast. And don't worry, Cartridge Commandos. Thanks to our awesome patrons, a new controller is coming to Nick soon. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Well, when I went back to play the second time, I was like, you got to stop playing this like Strider as much as it looks like it. It's just not, you know. Right. But I think they took the right notes of the the set pieces, you know, that every time you keep moving forward, you're coming onto a new and unique area or something like a fun new challenge. Yeah. This game reminded me kind of of Gunstar Heroes. Doesn't. Oh, I was going to say it. Doesn't. Is, weren't the treasure guys involved in this in some way or or do they I mean, not that? Not that my research shows, but I, you know, I didn't do an extremely deep dive on this one. Maybe it's maybe it was just influenced by it, but it, there's certain things that definitely reminded me of it because. Yeah, I would say it's like a weird cross between the two. Yeah, it feels like you know, Gunstar Heroes with swords, or <laughs> like that's a great way of putting it. And I mean, I think the Strider comparisons come from the jump, obviously, and the fact that you do have a big sword. Yeah, yeah, totally. And w- which ain't exactly a bad thing. Once I, I started kind of approaching it slightly differently, I found it to be not as bad as that my first impression where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah, and I think that the graphics really go a long way for me as well, where you have a lot of interesting sprites coming at you throughout the different levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The enemies are really varied. I was really impressed with the amount of different designs in the same universe that, that did look congruent. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the, the the kind of set pieces, it's, you know, you only have five levels, but they're kind of divided up by usually at least two mini bosses and then a final boss. So they're, they're like longer-ish levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I did find and the the grab, the wall grabs and stuff sometimes. I was a little too grabby for you, huh? Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of Street Fighter 2010. It was a similar issue where I started being like, you know, again, it was only when I was trying to do super quick like fast things it just i had to relearn some stuff but you know by the end it wasn't a a big issue but i guess i would have liked something a little quicker or more intuitive i i guess i don't know gotcha and then as far as backgrounds go i really thought they were like very uh all over the place because there's some that are really awesome looking Um, yeah like like multi-level stuff in the background or just really cool designs and we'll talk about those in the levels then there's ones that are just like the blandest of bland like you're like oh it's just gray or you know i don't know i i would like a little more evenness in that (laughs) quality the dark future of earth it's been bombarded with radiation and how did you feel about the music in this game i thought it was fine it's pretty solid middling you know it it never annoyed me nothing really jumped out pretty good at times but like you said it's it's uh nothing that sticks in my mind after i'm done playing yeah but there are certainly uh parts where i was like oh yeah this is really not just catchy but like pumps you up for the the moments to come yeah it's it's fine i'll probably eat my words when i start editing this episode because sometimes i'll be like the music's okay and blah 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 and then i'm like listening to it and my which you know when i'm actually just listening i'm like well you know what this song's got a little more than chops than i thought but if it doesn't catch you while you're playing, though, I think it's a fair, you know, assessment. Yeah, I feel like this game was kind of tough for your first time. Not not I wouldn't truly call it difficult. You know, it is rather short, but the the, the true challenge comes from your kind of skimpy life meter. Like I, it was it was hard to build that up. And mm-hmm. it was just really frustrating to me because I had to keep re <laughs> uh, powering up my my saber over it i was like oh god i gotta you know until you get the level down but that first time through it's just certain i don't know no i can definitely see that 
but the things I did like about this game were one, I do like that the two characters do have this little slight variation to them. Yeah, is there? I also felt that Sheena's her aerial kick felt a little different. I liked Alan's better. It seemed like he had a kind of a better range on it, if that makes sense. Maybe I played with her first, so it, it, I don't know. That was my default. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I just think this the story is just ridiculous enough to where it really like <laughs> feels like a fun, pulpy kind of adventure. Yeah, cheesy sci-fi future action. folks this is it the level by level portion of our show and do they call them levels what do they call them here rounds round one fight but before we get into round one you are treated to a nice little cutscene. yeah and i i did want to say i did like that planet graphic of earth in the in the first cutscene. yeah yeah it, it it looks cool i don't know it looked a little more detailed than i was expecting did you like the phase from the human head to the mutant head of dr buford to bruford <laughs> Uh, you are then treated to what I love is a good schematic scene. Love it. Yeah. Everyone loves some schematics. And then the title run saber. And when you start, you are given a world map, but you don't get to choose where you go. It just zooms in on your next destination. That's right. And you start off at the Taj base, mm-hmm. which you and might right off the bat. You might think this is at the Taj Mahal, but it is not. It's in Alaska. Yes. Actually, it was founded by uh, the Van Wilder character. Oh, the rise of Taj? Yeah, after his rise, he started this base. <laughs> okay, he's, he's up to... Uh, okay, well, thanks, Taj. And, and I lo- he has populated it with some cool but creepy enemies. Yes, you have Chiquigas, which look like a like a person with kind of a xenomorph head or... or mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very unsettling design, though, because they look real smooth. They do, and they're, they're like wearing a jumpsuit, so it's not yes. just some creature. So it looks like it is a human that got changed, perhaps. Mutated? You might say. And behind us, we see some nice mountains and some missiles getting ready to go. Yeah, missile silos, fences. It's a cool, uh, cool graphics, I thought. In keeping with the xenomorph theme, there are some like kind of smaller blackish looking xenomorph creatures that spin and attack you yeah you fight your way into this base and you encounter one of these like little drones there's like these tubes that emit i love how tiny and cool these drones look they are they are tiny they are it's a really really great use of minimalist graphics and after them you have these weird like i don't know they look like techno ghosts or something yeah kind of like a like a a legless torso there's you know they have a face and what appears to be arms hanging down with tentacles i believe they are called azoths hmm. once you clear the azoths you're underneath the main uh i guess launch chamber for all these rockets and you're greeted with a goofy looking bouncing rocket bottom <laughs> but once you destroy it well it's not goofy anymore no just kidding it is it is a goofy cyborg mutant yeah it's and this is one of the bosses i found a lot of them will I mean, I did this kind of unintentionally, but you you can get into a scenario where it's trying to jump at you and you hit it and it will just kind of fly back and then try again. And you can score Mm -hmm. multiple hits that way. That was also one of my main strategies for boss fighting. And this boss fight room is huge, though. You can like climb the scaffolding and fight it all over it if you want. Yeah, yeah. But it's really just like a -a tete-a-tete. Like you want to try to hit it before it can hit you. Sure. Uh, You beat it and then uh, 
What are those next enemies you fight? Those are not named. The, the weird skull things on the ceiling. Skulls with balls in their mouth or whatever that they... And then they, they shoot energy little units at you? Who knows? Clear them, and then you have another weird boss. Or mini boss, should I say. The Wall Maidens. Yeah, these two, like you said, women kind of lean out of the wall where their hair and legs and arms are still embedded in and they fire missiles out of their face at you that will kind of home at you Mm -hmm. they're really not that hard though because you can destroy the missiles with your sword and their faces yeah this this is an area where that super jump attack as uh helps a lot and i do think with sheena's wider angle can help you to get these because those those missiles Mm -hmm. like to come in at weird diagonals they do and immediately after that you find a looks like a a jet yeah, like an F-16 or something. <laughs> yeah, and climb aboard and it takes off. And now you are just riding a jet and more of these weird, I don't know, like t they're almost like a T-1000, but they come out of pre-existing objects or metals. So their enemies are morphing out of the parts of the plane when you get close to them. Yeah, it, it's very strange. And you just basically beat up little chunks of the plane until the boss comes out of the cockpit. And flies around. And what is this boss? Well, its name is beautiful. Oh, it is beautiful. <laughs> if you like metallic worm faces with tentacles hanging off the back. It's a very strange. This looks more like a, you know, Gigerish kind of thing. And, you know, we should mention that this this plane is doing loop-de-loops as you're standing on it. So you sometimes, you know, as it starts to climb, you have to grab on. You'll automatically do it. It's a pretty cool effect. Yeah, pretty This fun. is an easy boss, though. Yes, you just bat it away when it gets close. You know, it's not a cool effect. What's that? It's when uh, you beat the boss and the plane flies away behind you and it shrinks and spins, but it, it it's just going straight back on the same axis. So yeah. it looks really, really goofy. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty strange. But you get your uh, bonus and uh, you're shown your score, which we didn't talk about in the first part. Is there a high score or is there a score uh, bonus for lives or anything? I Not that I noticed. Okay. And stage one is cleared. You move on to stage two, Tong City. That's right. The city of the Orient. And this place looks cool. Yeah, right away you're in a kind of you know, Eastern Asian city that with lots of what look like life-size terracotta warriors. You're walking by mm-hmm. these statues that some of them will animate and attack you. You knew they were going to. You know. Uh, they're pretty easy to deal with, though. They just have like big spears. And you can attack the spears. Uh, what's what, much stranger are these weird statues that block your path that have two faces on the sides and they shoot out like electrical worms? Yeah, they go around. It's like a weird trap, I guess, or something. They're not hard to deal with. They just take patience. You might get hit the first time when you, you don't know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you make your way down into a temple where uh, electrical hands uh, block your path. It's just a timing thing. You wait for the electricity to dissipate. And some weird spear or sword blades come up out of the ground that you can chop down pretty quickly. But soon you'll find yourself at the mini boss, which is a yogi statue who uh, squats and then the head detaches and flies around the room. Not too bad. This It shoots a destroyable projectile and bounces into the ground every once in a while. You're, the biggest part of this one is just avoiding it when it does the crushing attack to the ground. But if you're good with your slide, you should be a-okay. You battle your way back up to the kind of the, I guess, the rooftops of a city where you, you know, you see a pretty cool cityscape with some neon lights and such while you're fighting 
Yeah, this is the one of the ones that makes you go, oh, this is a really cool background. Whereas, like, when you were in that plane, it was just light blue. Yeah, yeah. There are some cloud writing foes that, that come at you up here called Fujins. Okay. But then after that, you find, well, it's Kurtz. Yeah, Kurtz the shows up. The third saver. He's kind and, of he's kind of the proto man of this game where he keeps showing up. <laughs> indeed. And his fights are usually actually a little harder, I think, because he is like a normal guy mm-hmm. and he doesn't as easily bat it away. Yeah, he's he's usually he's got like three different kind of attack routines that aren't too tough to deal with, but it's just kind of more than you'll see from other <laughs> foes or bosses. So and he's quick. So you always have to be on your toes. You know, you either have to jump over his um long sword like strike that makes a fire blade around the ground he shoots out small projectiles those are easy to dodge and so yeah. is his like jump around attack but it's just if you aren't paying as close attention you can get tricked up because they just happen one after another now I- i'd like to mention too that part of my i was dying a lot throughout this game i wasn't being particularly careful especially at certain points but when you get to these bosses if you're having any trouble at all don't forget to use your special attack it will damage them it while you it's hard to tell how much it I found they significantly <laughs> reduces yes. their their life each time. Is, and, and you get two every time you die. So when you come back, I would just be like, all right, well, I'll just bust them out now. Yeah, because it looks like it's only hitting them once, but it's definitely doing more damage than one hit. Yes, yes. Now you make your way through more of the level and you find more of the same. Uh, now the statues we talked about earlier also emit fire from their mouths. Yeah. And you're climbing up this giant cliff. Uh, eventually at the top, there's a weird rock golem you have to fight as part of the entrance to a cave. Yeah, it's kind of on the side of the wall. Like, it's just like a, a head and, and shoulders and then like one hand that drops a rock that you can jump over. Mm-hmm. Not too tough. Past that, you make your way up a jade temple yep. into the actual boss. And what a unique boss this is. It is a beautiful woman, giant, beautiful woman. Yeah, the the boss, which is a statue of Shuri Shumi, oh. the goddess of fortune and happiness, until a parasitic mutant attached itself to her. Yeah, so then she becomes grotesque with a skull-like face. Yeah, and this is a this is a pretty fun boss because you kind of just stand on the forearm or hand of it. You know, mm-hmm. the woman, she's kind of reclining in pose and has one hand up. There are flaming ghosts that run by the bottom. They kind of move up and down. Yes. They don't hurt you if you're on the arm. Yeah, but they will if you're if you're too low. But you can just kind of stand. What will hurt you on that arm is the laser beams. Yes. She shoots what, out of her eyes. Yes. You kind of crown somewhere up there. <laughs> Or you get one out of her finger, too. There's, there's, I think they both, yeah, there's two. They come out of her hands at two different angles. So there's kind okay. of a weird sweet spot in the middle. You can avoid them pretty easily. I mean, they're very slow. So you have much enough time to jump out of the way to a back area. This boss was extremely easy. Yes. there. Are, this was the, one of the first bosses I was able to get multiple hits because if you, at least with Alan, I was able to get with that his jump kick mm-hmm. aerial jump attack thing like you, you can jump kick her in the her head which is where you want to hit her and it'll kind of bounce you off and you can kind of you know almost super mario you, I, I could get three or four hits like bouncing off if you angle yourself right in there so that mm-hmm. was that was kind of fun cool well once you've defeated her uh, you get your bonus ten thousand points you beat stage two and then you're on to what is the name of this place the jod valley <laughs> jod valley yeah uh, somewhere in South America. And right off the bat, alert, you're attacked by a giant condor, eagle, a yep. large bird. Yes, a bird. It makes a pretty funny bird scream. 
Mm-hmm. Not too tough. But what's uh, disturbing is that once you've beaten it, you've actually just de- beheaded it. And its live head is rescued by some creature that speeds past. Yeah. Looks kind of like a xenomorph. It just streaks through the screen real quick. And you might think like, oh, no. But it doesn't attack you and just runs away with quite strange. But what will attack you are these disgusting, baddish creatures. They are gross. And the manual names them as seabirds. Well, they are gross. I don't like them. But they are cool in a gross way. Uh, You're going to have some major spikes in this level, but don't worry. There are vines to swing on your classic Super Nintendo ball vines. I I found these vines to be very frustrating. They they didn't. Agreed. They don't move fast enough or something. You know, it it was was kind of a a rough spot, but it's not. It's pretty quick. Yeah, because afterwards you are rewarded by fighting some small insects, but most importantly, some Godzilla-like robot monsters. Or yeah. maybe they're just armadillo-y? They look, yeah, they look, they're called Telus dragons, so. Okay. I don't know. They're they're kind of frustrating because they'll just kind of move left and right. But once you once they kind of see you, then they'll start hyper-speeding it back and forth. Yeah. And then you have a mini boss, or I guess it is. It's like your standard Castlevania wall snake. Yep, a segmented. This looks more like a dragon than, you know, it doesn't look like bones is what I mean. But yeah, you hit it in the head. It's not too bad. There's just a couple of them in your way. More of those, uh, what'd you call them? The dragons? Telly's dragons. It's T-E-L-L-E-S, dragon. And then what happens when you get to the end point? Well, when you get to the the final part, that weird xenomorph swoops by again, and then I guess buries the bird's head? Oh, I thought it, put it puts it on. Oh, I guess maybe. I, see, I thought it just left left out of the screen and then left that behind. But it, either way, yeah. I... Like, it when, it when you're fighting, it has the bird's head on. Either way, it's bizarre. See, I yeah, th- this is, you're fighting a weird bird man who now has bionic arms. It can use kicks to shoot some energy crescents at you. It has a mm-hmm. kind of grappling hook arm that can attack you from range. Yes. And this one is a, it's definitely a step up in challenge because those energy circles that it kicks at you are fast and go a long way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can use your aforementioned uh, Mario trick on this guy a little bit. Sure, yeah, yeah. If you're patient, a lot of the bosses are more, you know, if, if you're patient enough, you can beat them without too much difficulty. Indeed. I, I'm not. It's a lot of uh, <laughs> learning the patterns and just avoiding ducking when you're supposed to. But this wasn't the end of the level. No, no, a giant missile shoots up, hits the ground, and explodes the ground beneath you. This is hilarious because you see the missile launch in the background, and it lands like right in the center of the screen. It's huge, and you ex- you'd think your life would be over, but it just blows a hole through the bottom. And now you make your way down through the level. Down, 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 fighting many of the same enemies we fought before. Yeah, you're kind of going through some caves, but you do get a cool kind of opening in the background where you can see like a far off river. I'm assuming Amazon River with some jungle. Yes. And then sadly followed up by just a solid color background at the end of the inside (laughs) of this cave. Yeah. Feast or famine. And you're at the real boss. Skeletor. Okay. It's an animated Uh, skeleton of a prehistoric beast. All right. It definitely looks like the head and neck of said beast. And then the rest of it just looks like a blob of flesh. Yeah. With some kind of, yeah, it's quite strange. It looks, it wouldn't look out of place in a weird Castlevania monster, you know, boss or something. Yes. Now I found this boss to be easier than that mid boss. Agreed. Because all it does is breathe fire and move its head around. Yeah. And you can lock it into this cycle where it'll just keep breathing at an angle. And then you stand below it 
you jump uh, up and hit it. Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I did notice if you mess up, though, it will change its its pattern and then come at you in a different, you know, that it'll ch- it can change the angles of fire. But, but if you don't give it reason to do so, it won't. It will not. Indeed, you beat it and move on to the next level. Stage four. And that is the gray fac <laughs> the factory. Uh, yeah, uh, they don't have time for the full word. They just call it the fac. Gotcha. And once again, you are treated with some nice layers off the bat. They really like to stack the front of the level for you. Yeah, you get future kind of blade runnery cities and such. Some weird, like, I don't know, what are these, like, grain silos or something? <laughs> these big sure. tubular buildings in the background? And what are these, like, um, these enemies you're fighting? Do they have a name? Uh, right off the bat, the ones wearing, like, uh, just clothing? Like a jacket and pants? Oh. Some some strange form of mutant that has, like, a weird bulbous head. Yeah, I, it does not name them in the manual. Well, they are also unsettling. <laughs> I don't like my weird uh, mutant enemies to be wearing human clothes. No, yeah, it, it you might even say humanizes them. Oh, yeah. Are there some, are some flying enemies you got to contend with. And then some, like, the background has these, like, old temples and stuff. <laughs> like, uh, it looks like they're, like, excavating ancient ruins and then mining them. I don't know. It is hard to say. I eventually get to your first mini boss, and what a weird mini boss this is. Yeah, it's it's like the, the top half of a knight. <laughs> That's mounted on a little flying pod that flies around and tries to sword you. Yeah, um, but it does so very slowly. Yeah, it's it's not that tough, to be honest. You can hit it from below and kind of play it safe that way. Definitely. You defeat it, you can head downwards, and there are a bunch of those rolled up. They, I, I guess they're creatures with a face, but they look like a giant ninja star that's just rolling after you. They're, they are destroyable, but they're not too terrible. Then, as you kind of circle around and head back up, you'll get attacked by these flying enemies. I believe they're called reshipulas, mm-hmm. and they are very frustrating. I don't know what they look like. A I guess kind of a face with like a helicopter blades on the bottom or something. But they they do this like almost getting into your range and backing up. You know what I mean? Where they're like right outside your hit range and just kind of hovering around and annoying. I I don't know. They're like the it's like the enemy version of like I'm not touching you. Yes, bully totally. thing where I'm like I just want to just they're not that tough. They don't they don't take a lot of damage, but they just if you can spin jump into them, I think that's the the easiest way to deal usually. Yeah, agree. Descending further into the level, we'll meet up with our old buddy Kurtz again. He's uh yes, and, it's, and we're pretty much more of the same. Yeah, I mean it's you want to avoid his slashes. He'll he still does. He shoots those fire waves at you along the ground. Not. Not too tough here. And then we go to a one of the better looking sections of this level where it's you've got some like mining things, uh, conveyor belts, scooping like dirt and stuff. I don't know. I just think it looks cool. It definitely does. And like the all the machinery and kind of like lava e background or I guess that's foreground underneath you is all pretty awesome as well. And then after some fighting a few enemies, you you will start being followed down a kind of tunnel by a weird walker bot named Jambalaya. No, Southern Jambalaya. Wait, what? According to the manual. <laughs> yeah. What is its name? Southern Jambalaya. Oh, that makes total sense, seeing as that it's a four-legged walking robot <laughs> with like an old-fashioned robot head from like the 30s yeah the manual says it's a mineral transport robot it does appear to be kind of humanoid walking on all fours and then eventually it'll kind of you it'll you can't hurt it yet and you'll come to a larger open area where you actually fight the boss 
and this you know this is the to me the most treasury of all of the it reminded me of seven force a lot yes because it's just chasing you down a hallway for the big first half of its fight yeah yeah and then after that uh it gets up and starts walking back and forth across the screen and does it do any attacks i think it just like mode walks back and forth you have to avoid it it's large and you can hit yeah. it in the head and you want to you want to damage him as much as you can of course at, at a certain point when you've beat it up enough it'll kind of turn to face the screen or the player if you will and start kind of climbing up the center of this background kind of king kong style and you can keep hitting it in the body and breaking off limbs now if the real you... hard part about this is those missiles yeah so when i fought this guy i I never climbed up. I just stayed directly below it and kept doing my, like the one scenarios that I could always make sure, you know, I had a little problems with that jump spin attack. If I was just standing in place and doing it straight up, I could do it every time. And since the missiles just kind of come out of there, I was just standing below and I could jump up and hit it once and kill the missile. And I I just did that the whole time and it never (laughs) did anything else. All right. I, I had a little trouble with every once in a while they would sneak up underneath me. But I was trying to saber it the whole time. Yeah, going up alongside. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, yeah. uh, either way, it doesn't take that many hits once it's in its third and final form. So bash at it and destroy it. And you are done with these stages on the map. But lo, there is a new stage. An island pops out of the ocean. Yeah. Stage five. It's big Bruford time. Big, yes, right. Bruford. And now we're in a Contra level. It looks like the end of a Contra game, kind of. It's very dark and organic, and you have weird human golem kind of looking things. They're called Experiment they are, F. They're gross. They are goopy, fleshy humanoids. And they're kind of a pain because when you hit them once, you'll knock off their head, essentially, and some globs will fly out, you know, and those yes. can hurt you. Mm-hmm. If you can just jump and over them and run, it's your best best bet. Yep, yep. Uh, you do have a mini boss pretty close to the beginning of this level. Yeah, it's a, I guess, skeletal, blue kind of skeletal dragon. Yeah, and it uh, has like three little pods in the ceiling that it can hide in, and it just goes back and forth between them, kind of snaking around a bit. This is one of the easiast ones in the game, I thought. like Just, just jump and hit it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very easy to avoid, doesn't do anything too crazy. Uh, once it's destroyed, the floor disappears and you are just falling, falling, falling. There are like metal faces bouncing around, but you can just down kick them all. It's really easy. Yeah, it, not much. It to goes it. on <laughs> for a long time. It does. Yes. <laughs> uh, but at the bottom, you've got another little boss here. Yeah, this is little face, which is ironic because it's a big face. Yeah. And you're in a, a very technological looking little room with a kind of valley in the middle and it's floating around and shooting orbs at you. And this is another spot where you can kind of corner this boss if you can get it on the left or right and just keep slashing at it and it'll keep bouncing. And you can usually at least even if you can't entirely kill it in one go, you can get three, four five hits in before it arcs off another direction. And its attack is like a pink energy ball, but you can also destroy that. Yeah, so nothing to worry about. Nothing now, too after much. that, you are in a uh, well, an elevator shaft with many elevators moving up and lots of little turrets. Yeah, these turrets are really easy. Yeah, and they, they give you a lot of power up. So if you try to take advantage of them, this this part of the game was driving me crazy because I would always seem to kill the the uh, turrets, but not be able to get the power up. You know, <laughs> like where it's like I want gotcha. the, I want that life so bad because you have to go uh, jump through the. Or walk through the the power up. It can't. You don't just get it once you've killed an enemy. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually you are 
back in the organic section, uh, a weird esophagus or channel made of teeth. It's quite gross. Still got and, turrets coming at you here. Mm -hmm. And at the end of this uh, long passageway, we have a really interesting looking giant creature in the background, but you're not fighting it yet. No, yeah. first you must fight Kurtz. That's right. You you do have to drop down through the floor to fight Kurtz. And I was really confused the first time I got here because I assumed the thing in the background was the boss. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of stood there waiting for it to come at me. And I'm like, what? what's going on? It's like, no, fall down. And then. And this is the same fight as before. So you should be pretty good at it at this point. Yeah. Beat him and then you can head back up. And now you start coming through. A, you know, you're climbing up through a kind of scaffolding, I guess. And some very fast, weird enemies fly in off screen to attack you from the left and right. Yeah. I don't even know what those are. Just some sort of spinning uh, machinery. Yeah, something. They're, they're destroyable, but they are very quick. And then uh, you go through another chamber and you fight uh, what can be described as maybe inspired by... The uh, <laughs> the spaceman from Alien. Yeah, yeah. It's like a stack of three heads. Very, very, yes. Giger-esque, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the top head has like a, a, it extends and whips around. Kind of telescopic. And then the bottom head, it shoots a laser beam at you. Straightforward, yeah. But it's easy to dodge. You can just duck under it. And the top one is is also destroys fairly quickly. Yeah, I for the most part, th there is a certain spot where you can crouch and avoid that laser on the ground. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hung out there and was able to destroy the the upper head with the neck pretty easily, just going through special attacks. Yeah, and the middle head does nothing, and you don't have to destroy it. Yeah. Once it is destroyed, though, uh, you fall through the ground and. This is where I thought we'd be fighting that giant thing we saw in the pat in the in the last level. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but no, you land on well, like a uh, a bar going between the chest pieces of a giant mutated zombieish creature. It's it's quite strange. It's it's head is at the top center of the screen, and his his arms are spread to the left and right. And there are two platforms kind of below its armpits. Yes, and the loop of this boss is that. You can only hurt its core or whatever that weird white thing behind a dome is in its stomach. Yeah. But it, you can only hurt it when the dome is gone. Now, the go dome only goes away when you hit it in the mouth. Yeah, and you only get it like a second or two. Because uh, also when it opens its mouth, its mouth, it shoots out these like slugs. I always thought they looked like toenails <laughs> that have been clipped or some. Yeah, it's some weird. Little... Yeah, there's some sort of energy thing. I, they, I guess they look more like energy toenails. <laughs> and meanwhile, arms are coming in from the left and right to knock you off that platform and keep you from the mouth. Yeah. But honestly, the hardest part is avoiding those uh, projectiles if you yeah. if you get the rhythm wrong. Yeah. They, if you get the rhythm right, you can always just switch sides from where they're shot. That's true, man. I, like you can just keep going like up and down, like where it's like hit it in the thing and then drop down and then jump back up and then drop down and back and forth kind of. Yeah. Honestly, not too tough. <laughs> One of the easier bosses in the game. You beat it, you get your final bonus, and that's it. You never fought that giant weird thing in the background. I know, what a disappointment. It was one of the cooler looking things in the game. I was excited to fight it, but you know what made up for it? Is it this elegant sunset at the end? Not only is it a beautiful sunset, you see a small child running in front of that setting sun, their outline. That's a pretty good animation. Yeah, yeah, she cruises by the silhouettes of Alan and Sheena to eventually be reunited with guessing her parents. 
mm-hmm. legal Whoever guardians. Whoever this is. <laughs> you get some, uh, yeah, <laughs> some good uh, credits and whatnot. And after the special thanks, you have a simple the end at the bottom of the screen. Yay. All right, folks, this is it, the review portion of our show. And of course, we use the Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. And I gave this game a 4.0. Okay, I went with a 3.5. The graphics really took me over the edge. The sound is nothing to like write home about. I mean, at least as far as music goes, but it's not bad. And the sound effects are good. Sure. But I just thought there was such a unique amount of visuals in this game. And so many different enemies. I just was really wowed by it. And the fact that for the most part, they all looked congruent in their own weird way. They are definitely weird. It's, uh, that's for certain. <laughs> and I just really liked... The main sprites, they're very um, very well animated, and they have that great minimal-esque no-face look that I love of the 16 I, and 8 I do era. like a good faceless uh, protagonist. Uh, yeah, I, I, everything here is very solid. It just didn't quite make the jump for me, but I, you know, I still enjoyed it. Nothing, nothing looked bad, that's for certain. Next up is Play Control, and I gave it a 3.5. Yeah, see... I was kind of torn here. I went with a 2.5. I suspect there may be some D-pad shenanigans on my... So put an asterisk next to this one. Well, I do think that some of the... Something about the the level design just feels too crowded to be having all this grabbing and jumping going on. Like I I kept... It it was a a constant source of frustration that I just had to get over, you know? The grabbing is a little needless. Like it's very... You don't need it in the vast majority of these levels. Yeah, it's like you could have just put some ladders on the wall and we could have got there the same way, you know? Yeah. But you do have a ton of input, so I give them credit for that. And you can change them. Yeah. All right, now we have Challenge Factor. Again, I was torn. I went with a 3.0. I could maybe go down to 2.5. There's nothing too demanding about this game. It's just kind of more of a, it's just like keeping your life up. No, I also gave it, I gave it a 2.5. And I think similarly, I might've been skewed by my cheating, but I feel like this is definitely a game that if you owned it and you just played it a few times, you'd have the rhythms down enough to where you could pretty much get through this whole game. Totally. Very, and kind of memorizable too. Mm-hmm. Now, finally, we have theme and fun. I went with a 2.5. Uh, the theme Ouch. is is pretty bonkers. It is. And I think I really enjoyed it a lot more than you did. I gave it a 4.0. I thought it was, in my own words, a blast. You know, if you, uh, I guess, can handle the the stickiness and the slowness of those, some of, some of the, the main moves, I just think there's a lot going on. And it always keeps you on your toes. And we should say there's probably something to be said for this game being two players simultaneous that would probably elevate it in another. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would keep it bring brings it up a, a notch, you know? Oh, for sure. Always does. And finally, I'll ask you, uh, as I always do, should you play this game? I'm genuinely uh, interested because I don't know what you're going to say. I, I, I think you should. It's. There's Normally, nothing... I'm not interested at all, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> oh, no, it's uh, there's nothing really bad about this game. You know, uh, it's it, I, I had a good time with it. It's it's one of those games that I'm, it might sound like I disliked more than I do just because it's actually close to being super awesome. I, th- I think it just didn't quite get there for me. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a must play, especially if you are a fan of I wrote Strider or Gunstar Heroes. And but more, if you've got a second player, it's a no-brainer. Sure, yeah. It's just fun to check out at the very least to see what kind of weird world this is. Yeah, for sure. 
next week's game will be Super Mario Brothers for our 300th episode. Yay! That's right. If you are thinking, but haven't you played that game before? The answer is yes. For our first episode. And boy, have I wanted to go back and re-record some <laughs> of those early episodes. And now we are. So it may not be all in a row, but we're going to go back and revisit some of those earlier games that we covered when we weren't really sure of ourselves, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, we have been threatening this for quite some time now. So <laughs> I know there are a couple as so, well that, you know, back in our noob days, we had technological issues that we do not have anymore that affected the quality of our podcast so and you know i think um as so much more information has come out you know it's going to be more interesting to listen to some of the histories of these games and just you know we have a a much more sure footing of how we feel and how we rate these things so it's going to be fun to go back and see how uh you know we've we rescored them after we've played so many other games yeah yeah because we had a lot of really classic games early on in that first couple uh, issues, issues, oh. episodes, whatever <laughs> you're going to call them. Definitely. So uh, look forward to that. 300 episodes and Super Mario Brothers. I'm guessing you have at least two ways of playing this in your house right now. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. It has been released on everything Nintendo's ever looked at. So you might even have a pair of sheets laying around with Mario. On. <laughs> you never know. So find a copy of that game under your pillow or behind some shelves in your house and play along friends. That's right. And if there's anyone out there who, you know, if is there an old game that we've already reviewed that you'd like to hear again, or you have comments about our controversial takes on some of these hits, uh, you know, let us know at Gmail at cartridge command at gmail.com. We love to read that stuff and a special shout out to radiant blur. Fear not friend me and Dale have almost completed our playthroughs of shadow run. So it's, 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 it's been an interesting journey, and there will be some big episodes about that coming up soon. Yeah, watch out, guys. Now, you can also get a hold of us on uh, X, X at Cart Command or on uh, Facebook at Cartridge Command. Uh, let us know what you think about any of the things we're talking about, about Run Saber, if it is awesome with two players. Uh, or, you know, if, uh, like Nick said, you've got some ideas of early games you want to hear us redo. Now that we have a little sh more sure footing. But, yeah. of course... We got to go out of our way to thank the awesome, fine, wonderful, and amazing folks at patreon.com slash cartridge command. Those that give there make it possible for this show to keep going. They're going to get Nick a new controller so he can actually play these games without a busted A button. I, I'm excited. And well, and you know, we, we should mention too that uh, we've been recording using Zencaster, and that's about recording maybe getting more expensive soon. So that's another feature that. Uh, patrons help us with extensively in fact it's going uh, going, to, going to be a much bigger expense for us so if you don't give now and you think i could give those guys a dollar that would be awesome if a, you know 30 of you guys gave a dollar boom that's it that covers our zincaster like super fees for a month every month it'd be amazing amazing is right so if you don't give, consider doing so. And those that do give, thank you so much, because it is your support that makes this show happen. You're darn tootin' it is. Thank you all so much again. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Game on. on. But play along, guys, as always. And uh, I don't remember what I say there. So, yeah. <laughs>